This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. This episode contains spoilers from The Addams Family and The Addams Family Values. There are mentions of Twilight, The Hunger Games, and Buffy. There's also discussions surrounding domestic abuse. For full list, please see show notes. everybody, and welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are discussing the 1993 sequel, Adam's Family Values. And Jessica, Jessica Marie, why are we covering a sequel when we have not actually (laughs) covered the original movie? I feel like... We have a couple of factors going into this right now. One being that it is Thanksgiving in the States, and this is a popular movie during that holiday. Um, it also just marked the 30th anniversary because this is released on November 19th, 2023. And a third addition to it is the fact that one of the friend of the podcast, um, Rachel, it is her birthday. Day, and we know this is one of her favorite movies. This is one of her favorite, like, fictional male characters. Gomez Adams is the bare minimum. And we just wanted to kind of celebrate and encompass all of those things to bring this episode to everybody else and really talk about it. We haven't talked about this at all, even within our friendship, probably till today. Yeah, which was surprising to figure out that uh, Jessica, Marie, and I had extremely different experiences <laughs> uh, with this movie growing up. So just tell me your history with this movie before we get into the cast and the pattern. Okay, so for me, it's I remember this movie, um, but I don't remember the last time I watched it. So rewatching this with a fresh pair of eyes as an adult um, was really, really fun. I don't remember anything about the first movie. But this was the staple that was always on. We always remembered the sibling dynamics, the holiday. I'm granted watching that summer camp and the, um, the play was a lot more jarring than I ever remembered it because holy hell, I get that it was 93, but there is again no way that this would fly. But that's also part of the point because, you know, and we'll get to that in our fun facts too is like that was kind of the commentary the director wanted to make. Oh, yeah. What's your background with this movie? And really, like, this franchise. I guess the movie franchise, not the streaming part of it. True. True. Um, Okay. So, shocking no one, maybe. Totally opposite. (laughs) Totally opposite from Jess. I can probably tell you everything about the original Adams Family movie that came out in 91. Uh, I can play it, like, behind my eyelids. It's my favorite thing in the world. I love it so much. I've seen it a million times. I saw it as a child. I saw... I... I got the the DVD or the oh my god the VHS in my Happy Meals like I got it all it was orange um it was such a staple for me the first movie I was Morticia for Halloween uh, a lot of my personality as a child came from Wednesday Adams that is nice to acknowledge like growing up like 
like now looking back, it's like, oh, um, but this second one, which is what we're talking about, of course, uh, I have not seen very many times, just a couple of times as a kid. And Shocked. yeah, just a little bit, like a few times in college. And then I've watched it now twice, like back to back uh, to prep for this recording. And like, uh, spoiler, it slaps. It slaps. It's so, so good. <laughs> Can we talk about how cool you are that not only were you like you picked uh, uh, somebody from the Adams family to be for Halloween, but it wasn't Wednesday. You picked fucking Morticia. Like that is some badass. You're so cool. I wish I was cool enough to be friends with you. Shit. That's so awesome. I could only imagine your mother and then your like your dad like that's my girl. Yeah, no, they totally let me. It was the dress with the, <laughs> so you know, cool. the dangles and it was, oh my God, it was amazing. And it, when I walked, it was like a little spider web. It was fantastic. Uh, thank you for the compliment. I appreciate it. Uh, at the time, not cool. Not cool <laughs> at the time. At the time, uh, strange, odd, uh, outcast, weird. Were people acting the way Amanda acts in this? She's like, I don't like their family. Uh, it was a little strange, like, because, you know, I don't know. At the time, I was a, I was a new kid at school. It was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. It was a whole dynamic. Uh, the whole thing was weird. Um, but, 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 but not very familiar with this movie. So uh, my reaction to seeing this play at the end was to cackle like just a crazy person <laughs> because like it's it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Like, it's so funny. It's choreographed by the guy that did Step Up. Like, it's just amazing. And the, the stopping of the play by Wednesday and, and all of it is just so funny because this movie was not a hit when it came out. And, and, but on like Rotten Tomatoes or whatever, it's at like a 75. It's, you know, it's not terrible with critics. Uh, I just, find that it is wild that this is like a kid's movie. I know. <laughs> like some of these jokes, I, I know there's like big, big, like, uh, you know, haha about like Disney jokes and like Pixar jokes for, for the adults that are in, like whatever. But like, holy crap, some of these jokes are, I got now <laughs> that yes. I never would have gotten as a child. I was like, oh, he's talking. That's what he's talking about with thing. Hmm. Mm. Wait, which part? We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, I think, I think that, uh, I, oh, no, I know that I was completely <laughs> and utterly stunned as an adult by this cast. Jess, who do we have here? Oh my gosh, we have so, so many people. And really only recently did I remember some of some key people that came out that I didn't even know that were kind of like the man behind the curtain, like Christopher Lloyd being um, Uncle Fester. Uh, Angel of course, we have Angelica Houston as Morticia. We have Raul Julia or Julia. He um, plays Gomez. We have Christina Ricci as Wednesday. Um, you have Joan Cusack as Debbie Jelinski. No idea. No fucking idea. But when I heard her voice and I was like, what? That's a, I knew, but I didn't know then or literally till my rewatch that that's who plays Debbie. Um, and then of course we have um we have Lurch, Thing, Cousin It, 
Um, we have so many. We have, you know, Chris, uh, Cindy and Nixon shows up. Christine Baranski is Christine in Christine Baranski. Oh, my God. I think she's another good person to be like, did she age? Because she hasn't. She yeah. hasn't. And any role that she has done. And she's great in every single thing that she does, too. Yes. Oh, um, my God. Nathan Ugh. Lane. Like, these are just like some popping cameos for like, you know, officer number one, you know, babysitter number two. So to have these people that we know now is just holy shit. Yeah, it's amazing. It's it's absolutely amazing. Uh, the, the pop-up of Cynthia Nixon, I... I sat there, paused my tea, paused my computer and went, Oh my God. <laughs> and then I checked because I watched this on Amazon. Yeah. I checked and was like, Oh my God. <laughs> Some of these things, people, it felt like, why do I know that voice? But it's not matching. And I know like that's what time does. You know, it's been 30. I get all of that. Also to see somebody's career trajectory too. It's like when we talk about Zoe Saldana and we were like, we were there in the beginning. Like the be like they must feel this Center way stage. too as actors. Center stage forever. Okay. And crossroads. Let's and not crossroads. forget crossroads. Can't forget crossroads. Can't forget crossroads. Don't drink the gold juice. Okay. I think, Jess, that this does follow the pattern. I'll buy it. Loosely, what do you think? Interesting you say loosely, because the first line comes from Wednesday, and she says, Come sorrow, we welcome thee. Let us join in grief, rejoice in despair, and honor the fortunate dead. And I feel like if you hadn't brought up the pattern segment for us to add to this, I would have I would not have thought about the pattern. And it was re-watching it where I was like, oh my God. This follows it, too, because that is the trajectory of, you know, Uncle Fester howling at the moon. He, that man is going through it. He's in pain. He's in despair. We don't figure out till later in the movie, like, why he feels so, like, he's so upset and lonely. And then at the end, you also have Honor the Fortunate Dead, which they do honor in their their personal cemetery. They do. It's like the end scene is like, you know, here, Debbie, like, you know, you weren't so bad here, Debbie, uh, Joel, as he's put the flower down and then up comes the arm. That's the very last scene. So, yes, I mean, put it like that. I guess it does follow the pattern. Um, but if you were but honestly, just on its face, you'd be like, Hi, I, I guess so. Right? right. But like on a rewatch. It's kind of like when we talked about in our Twilight episode where I was like, is it? And you were like, no, Jess. And like, say, and even with the Hunger Games, I'm like, is it? And you're like, no, here. And I was like, that's, I was like, maybe let me be a little more thoughtful in this second one. <laughs> well, and you nailed it. You nailed it, especially just like Fester howling. That is the whole plot. Fester's pain, right? Like that, that's, that's all of it. Everything else is kind of uh, secondary because it's, and you would say like the, the baby is kind of like the, you know, he's our, our little element that drives everybody along. <laughs> okay. So we, we talked about Wednesday, Pugsley and grandma burying the cat, right? And Wednesday is like, you know, the cat's alive. They got to smack <laughs> the cat to, to like kill, they're like, shh. Uh, very good. This is a children's movie. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know when you're watching this. It's, well, that's one of the things that we had said too before we started recording. I think we were talking about it last night in our chat. It was like, this is funny. This is a family movie. And some of the jokes and some of the wine, one liners. And again, we'll get to it. Um, it's very smart and not just like easy get you gimme, you know, I don't know what that's called, like slack comedy. Smack, I don't know that the terminology, but just like a pit, like pandering to like an easy get. Yeah, it, it's so it's so good. We will we will get to it. Uh, Gomez is wrestling thing like, hello, uh, Morticia. Morticia says she's having her baby right now. <laughs> Uh, just, just fantastic. Angelica Houston, absolutely amazing, incredible in everything that she does. Exquisite as Morticia, I think. There's nobody else that could play her. So, I mean, and again, this episode is strictly on the movie. We're not going to talk about the streaming Wednesday of it all. Um, but she is, she is Morticia. That is how Morticia has always been. Yes, and she's she's so perfect here. You know, darling, are you in pain? Is it agony? Oh my goodness, excruciating. Uh, Gomez and Morticia are the blueprint. They are the goal. They are what we all want, strive, and crave. And they are just they are just so perfect. Of course, uh, Angelica Houston has said that this movie is a political commentary. So Adam's family values; these are their values. Uh, they are fantastic values. I think they're great values. I mean, and it starts off right in the beginning where you have, you know, the you have the family in the delivery room. You have Wednesday and Pugsley going back and forth. And they were just so excited to find out if they're going to have a brother or sister. And, you know, once once baby puber is delivered, um, they they say it's an Adams. It's an Adams. It's an Adams. Like that man is, has the most pride, the biggest heart, such a family man. It was never going to matter what they had. Um, it was he, like the baby was going to be a new member of the family and that's all that mattered to Gomez. I, I really love just the like little cutaway where that girl is like, yeah, and there's a diamond and they hide it in your, and that's, and when it's just like our parents had sex. <laughs> And that just kind of sets up Wednesday for the rest of the movie. Just just fantastic, dry, incredible delivery of amazing one-liners. It's so it's just Wednesday as a character. I feel now that even if you tried to have that that in real life, people would still look at you because it makes other people uncomfortable even if that's her delivery. Oh, and absolutely. I'd be laughing. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, great. It's just, it's just too good. It's just too good. Okay. Uh, so what do we have? We have, it's an Adams, amazing. Just Gomez, you're perfect. Uh, we go home. We go home to our, our fantastic Adams residence. Slightly different. Jess, I know you're not familiar with the first movie. Slightly different and redesigned from the house in the first movie. That's fine. Uh, it is still, I love this house. I love everything about it. And we have a very long, like, buildup with Thing and the roller skate, which plays off later, uh, with baby Pubert when he's trying, when he, like, saves everybody at the, from Debbie at the very end. So. That is, it is long enough that you can skip it and it makes like, it makes a chunk of time like go. You're just like, okay, it's thing, 
Woo. I, <laughs> I guess like at the end, you're like, oh, that's this why. makes sense. Yeah. But when you're watching it, it didn't need to, it doesn't feel like it needed to be that long. No, it really didn't. Uh, but then we get the nursery. Of course, the nursery is dark and depressing. I love Gomez says, it's dark, it's depressing. It says toddler. <laughs> he gets it. He gets it. It's just amazing. And then they have the bear, you know, like. Rawr, bear, and the knife mobile. It is just... It the is knife just, mobile is so funny. It's just so perfectly them. I love it. The Adams Family cradle. It It is like perfectly them, but also still everything that a child would want. I, You know what I mean? Like, it's it's just kind of showing that like you, you there's many, there's many ways. There's many ways. They have a healthier family dynamic than uh, like your quote unquote typical, you know, society's acceptance of a fam, uh, you know, accepted family. Absolutely. Absolutely. And here we go, Jess. Uh, you, of course, love sibling dynamics. Talk to me about Wednesday and Pugsley and their, their reaction to baby pubert coming home from the hospital. So, I mean, they've been the only kid for a long time, like the only kids, I should say, for a long time. You know that with their age difference. Um, and of course, they know about sex. They talk about it in the delivery room. So they're already had to process that. They're like, oh, great. Now you have to acknowledge your parents having sex, you know, at that age. But, you know, Wednesday's the oldest. She already was like rolling her eyes at her little brother, Pugsley. Um, but then they start, you know, now there's a new baby. There's, they don't, they're not getting the attention that they're used to. Everybody's cooing and, you know, awing over everybody. Lurch, the grandma, uncle. There's a new baby in the house. This is exactly what we need. And the kids are like, are we chopper liver? Like, this isn't cool. Um, but then Wednesday, <laughs> Wednesday takes it like maybe a little step further. They're, they're trying to figure out ways that little baby pubert doesn't really need to exist. And then she tells her, you know, she tells Pugsley, Oh, are we, you know, Families don't have to, like, keep after two kids. And they already have, you know, we don't need two boys, so this doesn't make sense. And Pugsley's, Pugsley isn't, you know, the sharpest tool in the shed. So he he's just listening to what his sister has to say. But then um, I will say that Gomez and Morticia are very emotionally intelligent and they're in tune to their kids to a certain extent because the whole Debbie of it all. But they're picking, you know, they try to drop Pubert from the roof and Gomez just happens to catch him. And they want to have the conversations like, do you do you think we hate you? And they're like, yeah. Do you want the baby? No. And they're already starting those conversations, which I feel like is rare. And especially if I feel like it's rare now, it was definitely rare when this movie came out in 93 that like you can talk to your kids as people and emotions are okay and you're allowed to have your own opinions and you won't get penalized for those opinions either. And remember, this is the weird family. I'm telling you, they're the healthiest ones. They're the healthiest ones. This is the weird family. But then, like, you have the sibling dynamic between Fester and Gomez, too, where where Gomez is like, look, sibling dynamics are crazy. Look, at remember how we used to be? Like, we were like, we hated each other. Now, they want nothing more than for the other's happiness, and then they get to share it with everybody. Yeah. He's like, brother, brother. I do like how Granny's like, what if he doesn't have to die anymore? I know anymore. 
<laughs> That's old news. <laughs> That's old news. Uh, but you're right. You're right. They are very in tune to what's going on. You're right up to up to a point. Um, but that just goes to show that they were just new parents and like distracted and, you know, kind of let this happen. It, it, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Well, I mean, that's even like when Gomez and Morticia get their first like, you know, parents night out for the first time. Gomez is like, I don't like they hear the kids screaming and he's like, I don't even fucking care about that right now. I care about you, my wife, like you are my priority. Um, I'm worried about you, my darling. I wish. And she was just like, I just wish I had more time to seek out the dark forces. And he goes, you sh- you can and you shall. So it must be. And he makes it a priority so she can have her priorities outside of being a mom. Because he's perfect. He's one. He's the blueprint. He's the blueprint because he's the blueprint. He's the blueprint. Oh my god, uh, not the blueprint though. Still so sweet, so sweet, and like heartbreakingly sweet. Christopher Lloyd as Fester here. He's reading a book in bed. Strange men and the women who avoided them. Oh my god. He is another one. He's like, he's trying to be better. He wants to understand, like how he can be like that man not my type but so sweet so sweet so sweet and like yeah you're right and like trying to figure out like what is it about him like he knows that he's like weird like you know it's it's sweet uh this this whole like guillotine baby again the children are acting out after this um wednesday and pugsley you know dress the baby and you know it's marie antoinette (laughs) you know woe to the republic uh the baby though does hold up and stop the guillotine. I know this is a children's movie, but he does also breathe fire. It's never actually like kind of shown to us. Um, but you know, he does stop it. That's just like something to keep in mind. Um, but yeah, Jess, you're right. Uh, here, uh, Gomez and Morticia in the graveyard. You can have it all. Uh, you know, that they're hellish crusade. You know, you can and you must, you will, you shall. It's, it's so perfect. Angelica Houston's delivery there. Her eyes are just like in the hellish crusade. It's so good. It's so good. She's just so perfect. Um, Cynthia Nixon as the one of the nannies in this nanny montage. I was just like, stop. No way. Incredible. During this nanny montage, at the end of it, uh, when, uh, when Joan Cusack shows up, um, when Morticia says, oh, you're from the agency, they suggested we get a Doberman. I was like, hey. <laughs> Oh, that's our oh, sweet baby Jay. Yeah, that's our sweet baby Jay. Um, just tell me about Joan. Tell me, tell me everything about Debbie. Oh man, so Je- Debbie comes in. We, I, well, I won't disclose it yet. If you haven't seen it already, I mean, you obviously seen it. You're listening to this episode, probably. Um, she comes in. She knows what she has walking into. The fr- one of the first things she says to Gomez was, "Well, aren't you a lady killer?" And he goes, "Acquitted." Acquitted. <laughs> so funny. It's so funny. And he's like, <laughs> I don't know everything about these lines, the one-liners, and just like. Everything about this movie, the delivery is so funny. I was just not expecting it to be this funny. It's been years since I watched this. And she's like, I can show you my references to prove that I'm not a homicidal maniac. And they're like, of course you're not. You're much too young. It's like, it's so good. You're so funny. And it's just so they're so pleasant. They're so just like, of course and not. Welcoming, welcoming and trusting. 
I, I mean, I'd be the first to say if I were having kids, I'd want private nanny. I mean, I'd have to afford a private nanny, private schooling. Like, world is fucking whack right now. But then she's like, none of that background check really existed in 93. And she is the Black Widow killer that's on all, all over the news. And people can't find her. Wednesday's on to her shit. But Fester sees a pretty girl giving his treating his family normally. I think yeah. that was a big thing for him too. Treating everybody normally, talking to everybody normally, having conversations, immediately smitten. It wasn't just like, oh, here's a girl, I have a crush. Like he felt like a person around her and seeing how he what she was with his family. And family obviously is huge amongst the Adams. And she she doesn't bulk at all. Like Thing jumps up on her shoulder and she ends up like sucking his finger. She's like, <laughs> and he like, like literally. Was he's like, like, oh my god. She's like, yeah, I'm good with my hands. Like you know, it's just uh, you know. And then she's like, oh my god, Morticia, these Adams men. Where do you find them? Morticia's like, it has to be damp. <laughs> they just like move on from that. I was like, Morticia, stop. That's too funny. Like what? what? And what else did she say? She's like, oh, that must be your nephew, like, playing into the whole, like, he's too young to be this, you know, attra- like attractive-looking older man. I can't possibly be interested. I mean, she she had them feeding, eating out of the palm of her hand. Well, yeah, uh, because, because Christopher Lloyd Fester goes to Gomez, and he's like, oh, my God, like, Debbie, oh, my God, her name, she's driving me wild, oh, my God. And Gomez is like, you know, I want you to be happy. Like, I want you to have the indescribable joy of having children and paying someone else to raise them. <laughs> Gomez, Gomez, just Gomez, speak. man after my own heart. He <laughs> understands the situation because let's not forget Gomez is filthy, stinking rich. Like, oh, my God. That's just and and Fester is doing great on his own as well. I mean, he's featured in Forbes. He has all of these stocks and bonds because, you know, I can't I don't know what Fester if it's like family money or Fester money. Hell, I could even see Gomez giving like his brother an allowance and saying, invest it how you want. And he does. So he's just like they're all, you know, one big happy family together. And Debbie definitely sees here is a that look at, you know, she's being very stereotypical too. this man. He is weird. I bet you nobody likes him. This is exactly the type of person I'm going to go after. I know what I can like. What, what does Morticia say? She's like, you've lured him with some sexual prowess. I respect that. Like, like I love I love Morticia. But that's exactly what Debbie's doing. And she knows what she brings to the table. And she's like, this is going to be easy. Or so she thinks. I want to back up just a little bit to oh, yeah. to Gomez and Fester just like bonding a little bit, and they're ha- they're having this conversation, and they pull out Sizzle magazine, and they're like, "What do you have here, Fester?" And they he undoes it, and they're like, "Mom, Mom. what?" <laughs> I wrote Freud would have a field day. <laughs> what? It's just so good. And the line before that, you know, because, again, these Adams men, you know, maybe Debbie was laying it on thick, but she wasn't wrong because he, you know, they're being. And also, let's talk about, like, the how the positive 
masculinity that they have between each other, talking about their emotions, talking about their feelings. And go and, and Fester is even like, I love you. I'm happy for you. I love that Morticia is my sister, but I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little jealous, wishing I had something like that in my life. And then Gomez says, you'll meet someone very special who won't press charges. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> like, it's thoughtful. And I feel like some you could go like some people might be able to take it to be like, oh, he didn't, you know, she pressed charges. He, but like, you can tell very much that Fester's that type of person. If he loves somebody, he's all in. Case in point, Debbie. Whatever you want, whatever you need, you want me. I I am here to like be of service to you. And clearly, that devotion was put on the wrong person. And so that's what Gomez was basically saying. Like, look, that's just not the girl for you. You're gonna find somebody who can reciprocate that. And he does at the end. Spoiler, spoiler. But we have to get through Debbie first. Uh, Debbie is spying right onto Fester's financials. I love that Wednesday is like painted into the wall, right? <laughs> She's spying on Debbie. Like she knows what's up. And this is where um, she's like, oh, you're making a move on my uncle? My uncle? And this is where Debbie's like, you know what? Gomez, Morticia, they, these children, we're talking about going to camp. They want to go to camp, send them to camp. And they're too scared to tell you. And you want to know something. There's two things that I thought were important about this part. One was that I feel like the Morticia and Gomez believed her because right in the introduction of Debbie as a nanny, she goes, oh, you know, I bet you it's really lonely. Debbie or is talking to the kids saying, I bet you it's really lonely. I bet you guys don't get it. And Pugsley immediately opens up like, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. And and. Wednesday's straight poker face. Um, and so when Debbie is telling Morticia and Gomez that, of course they're going to believe her because the one, one of their kids already opened up. Like that's what the whole point of the, like having that relationship, the nanny with the kids. So why wouldn't they believe her? Um, but I also really like Wednesday here again to go back to sibling dynamics was when she sees Debbie not being her chip herself, calling the baby a brat. Wednesday straight up went into big sister mode and she's like, basically, only I can call him that. He's not a brat. So keep like, shut your mouth. <laughs> yeah, really, he's a baby. He's not yeah. a brat. I, lo I love Wednesday for that. And she's so real for that, too. It's the whole family thing. Like, I can say something. The fuck you can. Camp Chippewa. <laughs> I love I love all of Camp Chippewa. All of it. It is such... It, it is it is just satire it is just oh. it is so good i think i think as a as a child because i did see this like as a child but again like i said not much at all this might have been one of my first introductions to dark like this is much darker to me than the original adams family movie the mm -hmm. one that came out in 91 this one's much darker to me it's and the jokes are more cutting like it's it's so this might have been my first introduction to dark humor i do know that the thanksgiving play made a lot of people uncomfortable for the wrong reasons really and, oh my god yeah so we i mean will... I, I mean i can see that but i'm just shocked because i feel like it's so smart but that goes back to what we know the director you know the point the director and the writers were trying to make with this yeah and of course 93 so 93 yeah uh, camp chippewa camp chippewa uh wednesday says yeah it means orphan it doesn't it means first nation uh but you know uh, Gomez giving Pugsley a cigar, fresh air, pine. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, okay. 
And Morticia is like, Wednesday, you need to help these girls. Like, oh my gosh. This blonde girl, Amanda, do you recognize her? I didn't. She's been in stuff. I know she was in the first one, apparently, through the facts that I read, but I don't remember anything. I do not remember a single thing about the first movie. Harmony. No. Okay. Amanda. Oh, my God. Plays Harmony on Buffy. Holy shit. Buffy. Holy shit. You can't unsee it now. Not now. It's Harmony. Holy shit. I saw the reference that, like in some of our fun facts where they were saying Buffy and I was just like, but they were talking about like Adam Shankman. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I didn't know that the the correlation with holy shit. It's her. it's her. It's her. Isn't that just so fun? It's just so fun. I'm going to have to look it up so we don't take up time. <laughs> Isn't it just so I don't believe you, but I want to do like the side by side. Yeah, (laughs) it's it's so good. Uh, So my my note says this blonde girl. Where the fuck do I know this blonde girl from? And then I was like, I have to know. And then it's Harmony from Buffy, of course. So you picked it up on this watch. I know she's like untitled character in the first. Yeah, she's a Girl Scout. Yeah, but knowing that like Buffy is your bread and butter. that that correlation even wasn't even made then too man yeah, yeah holy yeah. shit i wouldn't have yeah that's so crazy when we do our episode there too it's so good it's so good and of course through harmony slash amanda it's amanda here uh we get a lot of wednesday's fantastic one-liners like why are you dressed like that like a funeral like who died are you going to a funeral wait <gasps> i love it i love it I also, I also really, I also really love that they're like, you know, uh, you know, this is an exclusive camp. Like, you know, Amanda skipped two grades. Like, what about your boy there? Probation. Probation. <laughs> He's so proud. He's so proud. Oh, he, he, it's the same energy as like acquitted. Like it's, oh, oh, it's good. Um, but the exclusivity of this camp is something that I want to point out because Christine Brodsky and Peter, uh, what is it? Magnor, Magnero. I love him. I love him. I love him from Ally McBeal. I, love I was going to say, that's all I remember him. From. Oh, he was in Ghostbusters. I feel like he's that actor that sometimes you won't always know your his name, but you're like, oh, he's that guy from that thing. Like, it's usually always like, he's from Ally McBeal. Yeah, I lo- you know, I love Ally McBeal, so I love him in that. Um, but Peter here uh, and and Christine, just fantastic. But they say that this is an exclusive camp, and it's like 20K a kid. It's an exclusive camp for privileged young adults. And they say that it is for privileged young adults over and over and over again, where you learn and grow and have fun. Because that's what privilege is all about. And and so like <laughs> look me in the face and say that this isn't like dark comedy satire. Like oh, it's come so on. funny yet. I guess it's that's so... what you're saying where people were like getting uncomfy, like one of the many things people would get uncomfy for for the wrong reasons. Because you're like that oh, you feel like that was a call out to you? It was. Because I thought that was hilarious. Because that is <laughs> it's, it's so, so smart. Funny. It's so funny. And of course these these um campers that Wednesday has to deal with are all blonde and like throughout the movie they get like fake tan like bronzer like put on their cheeks <laughs> I was wondering I was like did the color in my because I watched it on my computer I was like did the coloring and I would like bring up the brightness I was like why do I look more tinted 
Yeah, no, it, oh my gosh. It's it's just so it's so funny. And then it just goes to like really contrast like the paleness of Wednesday and like they say uh later like brunette Wednesday. It's like damn, that's mean. Like Oh yeah, our brunette outcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dang. Um, speaking of outcasts, we have the introduction of David Krumholtz. Uh, I love David Krumholtz. Numbers is my shit. Um, he is introduced here as the Jewish kid with fussy parents. I love him <laughs> so much. Uh, I put that they're giving like because, of course, like Wednesday sees sees him and she's like, OK, intrigue. He's not like these other assholes. And he's all like gold. I was put black hat, golden retriever energy between the two of them because she absolutely is like, you're tolerable. And he's like, this is the love of my life. I love her so much. Let me look like, you know, spoiler, flash forward to the end of her movie, like her father. And she was he's like, you like me now? And she's like, this is fucking disturbing. This is disturbing. Stop. <laughs> Stop, stop. <laughs> oh my gosh. He he's just so wonderful. David, of course, Bernard the Elf, just excellent in everything that he does. So funny, so dry, so fantastic with delivery. Uh, this was his first kiss. It's just fantastic. Okay. Um we have Debbie reading a sexy Cinderella story trying to seduce Fester. It's just so funny and weird. Like, this is a kid's movie. I didn't think she was like reading it. I thought she was just like holding the book, but like knowing he was there, just giving her own little narrative. And he's just being like creepy, sneaky, like Fester. (laughs) Yeah. So this is the part where uh, Gomez and Fester are talking and Fester says, like, I've been, you know, jealous of you and Morticia. If I asked Debbie out, would you go out with us on a double date? And this is where Gomez is like, well, you know, you want like a human connection. Like you have thing. And this is where, and this is where Fester goes, I want more than thing. I want elbows and a head and legs. He wants more than just thing. I did not. (laughs) Once you said it, I was like, oh, I missed that one. This is a children's movie. It's it's an adult movie and it's still one over my head. It's so funny. I do like There's when he said like and legs and he goes two. Two? <laughs> two? Two? It's just he's so earnest about it. She's like, you have thing I, and they it cuts the I thing didn't and make thing the is thing like correlation. Shaking. I didn't make the thing correlation because then when he was talking about like other body parts, I was like, okay. Like I didn't know. <laughs> Saving scene. <laughs> it's so good. It's iconic, obviously. It's iconic. Just take us through it. Okay. So they're doing like, let's swim at camp. We're gonna, we're gonna like, you know, you have teams, you have buddy systems, you know, we're gonna play like victim and savior, you know, whatever. And Amanda's like, I'm gonna be an actress. So I'm gonna make sure that I'm, I'll play the victim. And yeah, oh, and Wednesday goes, all your life. Which I absolutely love. And even before that, I love that Wednesday starts tapping in her to her insecurities. I mean, granted, you know, we, you know, we don't love female betrayal and female cattiness, but like Amanda fucking deserves it. Um, also, 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 I do feel that, uh, we don't like female betrayal and cattiness does not apply in middle school. They're, they're like in, they're going into seventh grade. 
Oh yeah, they're going into seventh grade. I mean, we know that. But I mean, like Amanda Bets started. Well, like and Amanda started it, and it's always a fucking Amanda because I had an Amanda in my life. Me like, too. I oh, had two of them. Oh, I have the last name in my head. Me too. That's different. I'll tell you after when we record. But like, even when she's like, "Is that your bathing suit?" and she is that your, your overbite? overbite? Oh, it was so fucking good. I was dying. I was like, "Yes, Wednesday, you go at it." And she's so deadman with it too. I was like, oh, a Gatlick is like, oh, that was blink. I fucking loved it. Yeah, it was just like God Wednesday. You are fast. You are quick. Sorry you are funny. if there are any Amandas who follow us. Obviously, this isn't towards you. No, we have we childhood have trauma. trauma. <laughs> we have some trauma over these Amandas. <laughs> Moving on to the Grotto Tango, like, dinner. I I love this, obviously. It's so cute. It's so just, like, campy. They're dancing. We love a good dance with Gomez and Morticia. Does he like me? Of course he likes you. He vomited. (laughs) Which a lot of people get, like, upset nerves and stomach. Like, I get issues. So I get it. I think it's sweet. Um, I like where Debbie's, like, trying to flirt with him. And he's like... I bathed. (laughs) It's the same, like, oh my gosh, your hair looks so good. And you're like, thanks, I washed it. Thanks, I washed it. (laughs) And I like how later Gomez is like, we need to flatter them. And Gomez starts flattering uh, Debbie and Morticia. And Fester is like, yeah, 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 we deserve ugly girls. (laughs) It's like... You're trying. And then he's trying so hard. And then, he'll, like, Gomez keeps on with his speeches, and Fester's just looking at him like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, I have to say something, too. <laughs> he's so... His heart is in the right place. And then during the dance, Fester does the breadstick nose walrus. <laughs> like, bless him, right? I was dying. You know what? I, some parts, it was almost like... could I could imagine... <laughs> Reese and then like fan cannon Cassian trying to make people <laughs> with the walrus things and then you have like Reese putting on his riz and then like comic Cassian I was like I'm just gonna watch this because imagining that now is still so funny oh my goodness uh, I laugh every single time at Wednesday's ghost story <sighs> <laughs> Which I didn't, I don't think I really understood it as a child, right? Mm-hmm. All their noses grow back. But like that, they're talking about like, like their old noses. Yeah. So like they're plastic old, surgery, their right. old noses. <laughs> they're screaming in horror. <laughs> well, it's like, and I feel like that's another, like it's the early stages too of like the sheep effect that Amanda has and like all the kids because Amanda tells the story and they're just like, they're like, Ah, like their fake screams of being scared and then when Wednesday tells her shit they were actually scared um, because you know Amanda is the Regina George of them all so it's better to like be in her circle than ostracized out of it and that's what all the girls are clearly showing clearly clearly Uh, we have Fester and Debbie in the cemetery I'm a virgin what's that (laughs) we need to wait to make the ultimate sacrifice a goat? <laughs> it's just like she, I, I do, okay, I'm mad respect to Debbie where she does not alter her plan. She's like, no, we're, I'm, I'm all in. I'm doing this. I'm that, you know, whatever you say, man, I'm gonna keep rolling with my speech that I've got. <laughs> yeah, she just, she's quick on her toes for sure. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. She's just, she's so funny with it too. Um, because she's like, you know, I love you. I love you. I'll worship you. Um, and then Gomez and Morticia are like, you know, I'm so happy for them. I want them all the happiness. Oh, please let them adopt. <laughs> like, what? That's an out of pocket thing for you to say, Gomez, but okay. Um, but then Debbie comes up and they are. Fester and her are engaged and she is wearing Gomez's and Fester's mother's ring, which Gomez is like, we buried mother with it. And she like folds up the shovel. I know. You know? Yeah. And we it's dug a it up. Huge ring. Huge and I ring. feel like that was like really this scene was what kind of had Gomez's ears perk up to be like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And it does show like again that she's like kind of a gold digger. Here she is with a literal gold shovel yeah yeah here we are here we are uh we have the letters that fester starts sending everybody about you know he's engaged this is what is going on we have this like wild scene that takes us to the harmony hut where amanda is like oh my god your uncle ran off with the nanny that's disgusting you're like circus people like freaks and it's just like wildly out of pocket wildly out of pocket yeah and especially when like all the kids there they already know um each other's socioeconomic background so it's uh like amanda has the stigma he ran off with the help yeah yeah it's just like whoa whoa okay though okay though uh because we get the harmony hut and the harmony hut is really Something. The, the Harmony Hut is really something. Of course, we got to throw Joel in there too, just wanting to read Stephen Hawking and doesn't want to like deal with anything. I love, I love how Peter pops in there and he's like, not on my watch, four eyes, and, like grabs the book. What? So much hate. You're telling me, you know, Joel did everything he could. He was like, I'm going to stay in here. I'm not going to be bothered. I'm not going to be bit by mosquitoes. Laura, you and I were allergic to mosquitoes. Yep. So like the Harmony Hut sounds glorious right now. And I get to be away from all these fuckers who've been teasing me. Say less. Give me my book and go in my Harmony Hut. Yep, no, but he movies and I had all the movies. I would have been fine there. Yep, but he takes it. He takes it. Uh, Joel screams when he sees a Michael Jackson poster. Very funny. <laughs> uh, and then they try to break out, right? And, and uh, Pugsley and Wednesday are in all black. And this is when Joel comes up with uh, wire cutters. He's like, "No, you got to be careful. There's tetanus." Uh, but then this is where Wednesday gets spooked by the Kumbaya song, which fair. Yeah, it's so culty there. Yeah, it's it's very it's very culty, very culty, very culty. Uh, she's like grabbing onto the fence. She's scared. Uh, we have Debbie's baby shower, which I love. I love Debbie's baby shower because baby we have- shower, bridal shower. She's not pregnant. Bridal shower. Okay. You're right. Bridal shower. Um, I'm saying baby shower because I'm so excited to talk about Margaret. Uh, cause Margaret, who was prominently featured in movie one, is back now with her baby and her husband, husband it. Huge plot point in movie one. I oh. love her so much. I love that she's back. I love that it's the same actress. I love everything about it. And she's so welcoming too, because she was the last like Adam's bride. And now she's like welcoming Debbie into the family. And she does. She's like, welcome into the family. Like how excited. Yeah. She was definitely like so excited. Um, You know what I love? Like, you know, they have the baby and like, she's, she's like, Oh, you know that what? And she's like, no, that's the baby's name. What? Well, it's his nickname. That's what the doctor said. Cause could you imagine delivering that, you know, cousin, it's baby. 
naturally. <laughs> no, oh my god. Poor do- that doctor. And like doesn't bat like she like obviously Margaret doesn't bat an eye, but she but the doctor could only imagine. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, speaking of return characters, we have Lumpy Adams. Oh my gosh, at the the like what bachelor party? Um, I love him so much. He's the one that dances with Wednesday in the big dance scene in the first movie. I believe it's the Mamushka. Uh, we have Lumpy, and the we have this dead girl baked into the cake. Say Lumpy. Say Lumpy. <laughs> Say love me. <laughs> I, I love it because everyone's like, oh. And Goma's just like, ah. Ah. And then, poor, poor Lurch. I do kind of feel bad for Lurch. Lurch is like, Lurch and Lurch feels bad. Yeah. He's like, oh, oh shit, I did this wrong. I did it. Yeah, and he still felt wrong when like even Fester was just like, it was the thought that counts. Like, I love that you had the idea to have a girl jump out of a cake for me. Yes, it's sweet. Oh, my gosh. Uh, we have Wednesday and Joel. They, like, bond over all his ailments and, like, scoot closer together on the bench. And then they meet by the skeleton. She's like, I have a pass to go to the wedding. Do you want to go to the wedding with me? Like, a date? She's like, no. <laughs> that is so real. It's, she's so real for that. She's so real for that. Like, oh, my gosh. Um, but this wedding slaps, obviously, all of these cousins. Amazing. Me, 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 me. It's fantastic. Uh, Wednesday's the flower girl. Uh, Debbie's in white. Of course, everybody else is in black. Everything else is black. She really stands out. I have to say, I love Debbie's wardrobe throughout this whole movie. It just looks it looks great. And even because she obviously doesn't just wear white in the wedding. Like, she wears it throughout the film. I feel like it's rare to wear white regularly without looking washed out. And she pulls it off very well. Yeah, because she's also blonde in this movie. And that's mm-hmm. very hard, too. But, oh, she nails it. Uh, Hawaii. <laughs> the honeymoon in Hawaii. Oh, my goodness. So the movie is an hour and a half, which is like typical 90s movies. Remember how in our Hunger Games episode where it was like two hours and it's like, the plot, I don't say the plot point changes, but like you have the build up halfway through and then you have the rest of it. That's what this like honeymoon is. The honeymoon marks the halfway point, which I didn't realize till the second rewatch when I was like, what the, that timestamp was, because you still have so much of the movie left because she can't kill him because that's what she's doing. She's the Black Widow. She kills everybody that she marries because she wants their money. And she's trying her damnedest to get this man killed before she has to touch him in any way outside of a hug. <laughs> Which does not work. Unfortunately, she throws that boombox into the bath. Fester lives. The light bulb, again, is just like a little nod to Fester. Uh, that's just kind of like his shtick. Um, she's like, okay, okay, fine. Like, well, fuck. But like, you can never see your family again. You can never see them ever again. These are my conditions. <laughs> and and he's like not on board until he very much is. Yeah, and I don't even... I like that she tries to like find a way around it too. She's like, how, if you've never had sex, how do you know we're not having it right Right now? now. Like I love, I love her workaround and they don't even think they actually wound up having sex. I think Basha just gave him a handjob. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. But that was enough for him. It was enough for him. It was, and it's, it's just so funny. It's just so funny. And like, I guess, like, yeah, we should boo, like, a woman, like, weapon, like, whatever. She's a great character. She's so fun. I just can't say anything bad about her. I just enjoy <laughs> I just, I just enjoy her and, like, how just off the wall she is and just because it's, because I know everything works out in the end. So, like, she's just fun. 
Well, even like even the people who work for her, you know, you have Miss Debbie and she's like, it's Deborah now. And then when they come back from Hawaii, she has the the other guy. I don't know what he what his role actually is, where he's like, where's the body? Like, he's even in on her. Yeah. And she's like, don't get me started. He's, he's right there. He's right there. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so they are on their honeymoon for around a week. We have um, when we have Morticia and Gomez the night after the reception giving hair of the pup to Hubert. Um, it's just cute. Uh, we have Wednesday getting letters at camp from Fester saying that he can never speak to them again. And then we have this, like, dated. It dates the movie. Not that like the movie isn't dated, but like it dates the movie because Pugsley shoots a bald eagle and a bald eagle comes down and they go, isn't that extinct? And like you can drive from New Jersey to Philly and see an ass load of bald eagles now. So yay. Yeah, but that's because like a uh, re- like a bald eagle rehabilitation mm-hmm. program that was. Yes. Yeah. Yay. We did it. Yay. Well, they're still in danger. Hooray. They're just not extinct. <laughs> But they're not extinct. Yay. Yay. Like, we did. It's progress. I was saying, like, that's, that, like, that the, fact stands out. You're like, no, they're not. I see. Yeah. But like, at that point in time, they yeah, very much exactly. were. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. I can't imagine the work it took to put this wig on Christopher Lloyd. It's just, it's so funny. This, like, dumb and dumber wig for, like, Fester's <laughs> makeover. Reference. Oh, it's good. It's good. The clothes, these big boxy clothes, this like big mansion. Oh my God. When he asks, she's like, when he says, give me a kiss and she says, give me a 20. 20. I was like, sprinkle, sprinkle. Like I loved it so much. Yeah. I was like, that's, that's how it's supposed to be done. Yeah. Like, all right. All right. We have Gomez also getting the letter from Fester and being deeply upset over it. Obviously, that's his brother. Like, why did he do this? He's like, is it me? My fault? I like how Morticia is just like, you know, no. Um, but Morticia also is like, you know, are you, are you still attracted to me, Gomez? Me, this like old ball and chain. Like, and he's like, yeah. She's like, oh, I'll get them. Slay. I love that. It was like, we, we love it. We love it so much. We have the first kind of little goof of the movie. I guess the second little goof of the movie. Uh, this is Joel talking about his killer, his like psycho killer cards uh, with Pugsley and Wednesday. And they see Debbie here. This is where they make the connection with Debbie. And it says that Debbie has killed three husbands and later on in her slide slide show she has only killed two with fester potentially being the third so it but here they say three so it's just it's one of those facts it's like in the trivia it's just like it's an actual bloop or Mm -hmm. it wasn't like a misconstrued media thing because in the slideshow she admits to like three technically four killings because of her parents the senator or the doctor than the senator. And yeah, then... but her parents don't count. She was not married to them. So just two. It is an official confirmed goof. Oh, okay. Yep. And then we have, uh, this is uh, this is the absolutely fantastic, fantastic part. So uh, the Joel Joel's killer cards uh, kind of bleeds into the play parts being given out at camp. And, you know, uh, Amanda getting the big part, all of her friends getting. She didn't even audition. She was <laughs> handed the role. And if that is not another like commentary of things just being handed 
to you and this privileged camp full of fun and joy. Um, that's what it was. And then she had her sheep friends be like, oh, my God, because you'd be your friend again in the play. Like, nothing was auditioned for. They were just handing out parts left and right. They were being terrible to, like, all the minority characters and the quote-unquote outcasts not pronouncing names. Even, like, Chris. again, I get that it's part of the commentary, but I was just, like, watching this in 2023. Like, it's it's... There's a lot of things to say, but I understand that it is part of, like, it was intentional. It wasn't nasty for that particular part. Oh, yeah. No, it's all, I see, I think it's fantastic watching it in 2023. I think this is so funny, especially because Jamal is smiling and laughing when they're trying to, like, mispronounce <laughs> his name. He's sitting there like, and then they're like, whatever. Whatever. Like, Ugh. Oh my god, Consuela. no. Like they were struggling. I was like, oh, people. It's so funny. It's so funny. Especially like again, it's satire. It's the point people yeah. uh, you're supposed to feel this way, but people took it the opposite way. That it it's it's a, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Uh, so yes, Wednesday obviously is gonna play Pocahontas. Obviously, they're all white people. We're just gonna we're just gonna acknowledge that and move on. Again, that's the point. Um, but we have the scene now where Morticia and Gomez go to Debbie's house. This is where it's, uh, we demand to see Fester. Well, Fester doesn't want to see you. And, and the line is, where have we seen this house before? It's like, oh yeah, the gates of hell. <laughs> All right, Granny, go off. That was just like, okay. Um, this is also where Morticia says, um, you have enslaved Fester with a strange sexual spell. I respect that. <laughs> uh, but you've married him. You've destroyed his spirit. You've taken him from his family. All of that I could possibly forgive. But Debbie, pastels? Get out of my house. I mean, the whole thing. The whole thing is just good. Um, but Fester is enraptured by Debbie and her sexual favors i yeah? was like her prowess i guess yeah, like, because because she's in the robe and she's like say it fester say it like okay and and debbie also does kind of hit at gomez's insecurities here too she's like you know you kept him a child i made him a man like you know you don't know what he's like now he needs to be away from you like he's his own person so there like, is a codependency that they mm -hmm. have as siblings with each other yeah, so it's like, all right. Uh, but Gomez's reaction to immediately go to the 13th precinct and feel like, arrest my brother's wife, Nathan Lane. <laughs> what? What? I don't want to be like a jump scare because it wasn't. But every time we saw somebody that we know who is now, who they are now, it was really fun to see. Um yeah. And then he was just like trying to explain, like, because it is an atrocity to him and his family, like, but explaining it to the cops, you're like, that, my, you're not, you don't have anything to stand on. He's just like, we don't like his wife, so arrest her. He's like, that's not how any of this works. He's like, they live in a beautiful new house and they make love all over it. <laughs> and Nathan Lane's like, okay. All right. He's like, then issue a subpoena. They own a Buick. Oh my God. My first Gomez. car was a Buick. Well, yeah. Like, Gomez, you're, you're, sh you're showing your privilege a bit, Gomez. Like, <laughs> oh, it's too funny. Uh, speaking of funny, is these rehearsals 
for the play. I like that uh, Christine Baranski just throws out like Wednesday, your comrades are being like uncooperative. Whoa. Okay. Okay. But again, the point, um, the Harmony Hut, the Harmony Hut. This is the Harmony Hut binge session of Lassie, the Little Mermaid, Bambi, and the Sound of Music. Amazing. Amazing. But it's Disney. Yeah, but it's Disney. Um, which is also like they go through all their movie marathon because rotting away at camp sounds honestly awesome still. And um, everybody just like waiting outside of the camp for them to be over. I love how I think I thought watching this when I was younger that she was really brainwashed. Mm. Which makes no sense. But then rewatching it as an adult, it was like, no, she was never, she was just like playing into it. So she can concoct the whole Thanksgiving play takeover. Yep. I'm not perky, but I want to be. And they they were onto it too. They're like, are you sure? Yeah. They're like, but then she smiles and everyone's like, stop it. She's scaring me. Uh, the play. Wipe me, dart me, take it away. <laughs> Chippewa takeover. I'm obsessed. I think this is so smart. Um, eat me, eat, eat me. me. Like every the lyrics, the the storytelling. It's exactly what it's the retelling that it needed. Clearly, <laughs> and and all the kids that have been shit on this entire summer camp felt so empowered to feel like you know what, like. Even Joel pulling that shit on his parents where they fell backwards, like he wouldn't have done that as Joel. He had that he was empowered as his character. And I love that for them. Let's, let's talk about the writing that that this play did. These savages have <gasps> no schools, no libraries, and no shampoo. We wear shoes and have last names. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And shampoo. And shampoo. The parents are like, you know, they're like, oh, oh, we spent 20 grand for him to be some woo-woo. Like, some of the things that were said, again, I understand, like, it it was mocking the people who obviously do not respect indigenous cultures. But, I mean, again, it was 93. So, like, some of these lines. And it's like, we've grown since. You want to think we've grown since. um, But you know that there are people out there who haven't. And use these and use these words very casually. So let's talk about what Wednesday says. Wednesday does not follow the script. Wednesday nope. comes in, stops Amanda, starts talking about her speech. She's like, "No, fuck you! You took our land. Our yep. people are going to be on reservations. Uh, we are going to have to sell bracelets on the side of the road and drink highballs." All right, Wednesday. That's a little specific. Uh, you know, my people will have pain, so I am going to scalp you and burn your village to the ground. And in one of my favorite moments, uh, the child that is in the wheelchair ties <laughs> up Amanda, and I just, I just love it so much. It's like, yeah, go off inclusivity. Like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Amazing. It's a successful takeover. And Wednesday is obviously the queen and rules the day. Uh, People took that and hated it. 
They hated this. They hated this. They hated it. It was disrespectful to the holiday. It was teaching our kids the wrong thing. It was how dare you. It was, it was showing them a bad example, showing them how to act out. It was a thousand things. Um, again, this movie was not a hit by any stretch of the imagination. Um, it was not popular at the time. So this big section of it was part of the reason. Huh. Especially in parent groups. See, it's, but see, like, I can see it not being a hit with parents, but it being, obviously, it was a hit with us as yeah. kids. It's, it's like that. There, there's another skit. It's not this movie, um, where it's the little girl who sings the talent show and she winds up singing, I don't fuck with you. And the parents are aghast. And, but the kids are like, this is fucking awesome. Because that's what it felt like. Because of course, parents are going to take everything super sensitively. And this is not my kid. I'm right. No, absolutely. And even the context where I think I saw in one of the, like one of the fun facts that we read, parents were worried that Wednesday actually killed Amanda. Yeah. Because she was just staring at Amanda at the stake. Um, and both times, not just the stake, but when even at the lake when she was drowning and, you know, Amanda pretends to drown, she says she could swim. And Wednesday straight up says she's like, I can't swim. And you just leave her, even if that was the case, somebody else go in. Like, a lot of pressure to put on a kid in seventh grade. Not even yet. Very true. While Wednesday is successfully taking over her summer camp. <laughs> yeah, because she ties up the counselors mm -hmm. and like there's the no like, like the, like the teen camp counselors either. It's just yep. the two of them, which that seems like a lot of laws that aren't being abided by there too. Yep. So she's in charge. Um, while that is happening, Debbie has planted a bomb in her mansion to blow up at 630 and kill Fester on their like three week anniversary or whatever it is. Uh, Debbie leaves. She goes and has like macho man. It's like a whole thing. Uh, the uh, bomb goes off. The bomb goes off. Fester walks out alive carrying the roast. And this is where like the jig is up. This is where she gives up. She throws down all the pretense. She pulls out a giant fucking gun. How did that fit in that purse? How did that fit in that purse? She goes, I want you dead and I want your money. And it's just like, you know what? Good for her. Just put it all out there. Which what? is really funny because if she just told Fest, he was so infatuated he with would've her. He would have given it to he her. He would have given it to her. Yeah, it wouldn't have been a problem. But, you know, she she has her shtick. She's got a shtick to it. Uh, this is where Thing comes, uh, hits Debbie with the car, and then there's like a big scary montage where Thing drives uh, Fester back to the house. And then we have Joel and Wednesday kiss at the fence. I remember this vividly as a child. Yeah, apparently so did Joel because he went on record saying it was his first kiss. Absolutely hated it. Felt uncomfortable because Christina Ricci was like, I don't like your peach fuzz. Yeah, he's like, oh my god. <laughs> And I'm sure she's, like, mortified by that now, too. But, like, it's David. It's David. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, where am I? Uh, the – she's – I love that he holds up Amanda's retainer as, like, a trophy. He's like, we'll always have this. It's like, yes. 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 You took a trophy. She's like, yeah, seventh grade is, like, standing in our way. I'll never forget you. It's just – it's very cute. It's cute. I like them. But and again, then they, like, wipe their mouth after the kiss, both of them. And then they even give each other, like, they give each other the pet names that Morticia and Gomez have for each other. But he says it not realizing that that is what her dad calls her mom. Uh, it's so cute. It's so cute. It's so cute. It's so cute. 
Uh, we cut to a Morticia reading Cat in the Hat to their baby, their baby who is blonde baby now. Yeah, blonde baby is going through it. Uh, Pubert can feel the tension in the family and the powers that be state that because the baby can sense tension, um, you need to, you have to fix it. You got to fix the atoms. Like they know that shit's going down with Fester. He's not here. Debbie's fucking things up. And if they don't get their shit together, um, baby Pubert might, you know, be a president or a lawyer. And Gomez will not have that in the family. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely not. Oh my gosh. Um, but also Gomez is not taking this like separation from Fester very well. Just like the baby is showing it. Fester is also like dying. He's singing like swing low, sweet chariot. Gomez. All of this, Gomez, yes. All of this stuff about Gomez is very, very, very sad knowing that um, Raul was actively dying during filming this this was his last like role and he knew it and it is just very sad so all of this stuff where he's like take me instead all it's just is very 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 sad moving on from sadness uh this is when fester appears when gomez is like singing all this and he's like what do you mean you are with debbie you are mr debbie and this is where we have again the reclaiming of self here I am an Adams. I love that. And I also like that he he kind of used Mr. Debbie. Like, it's not, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Adams. It's Mr. and Mrs. Debbie. Like, she's mm-hmm. definitely wearing, the you know, the proverbial pants over there. Debbie, speaking of Debbie... I, I love this shot. I love this shot of Joan. Uh, she's like <gasps> in-laws. The way that she's lit, she's a little bit. Her hair looks fucking amazing. And she because, like cocks the gun. Oh, I love that. I do too. It's so good. Her hair looks great. Tell me, did you find a fun fact if this is a wig or not? Because I didn't, it was no. perfect every single time. Like it was, you know, the straight 90s bob with bangs. And even, but then with, with it curly, it was, it was so good. Everything yes. about that, she just comes in. She's like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna start kicking ass and taking names because I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm over, over everyone's it. bullshit. Yeah, she's over it, and she's like, you know what? Slides. <laughs> I love an evil monologue, and she has props. It is just, it is fantastic. So this is where we have uh, Debbie has tied up the entire family. Lurch, because oh, Wednesday thing, and Pugsley everybody. came back. Yeah. Yep, yep. Everybody's here. Um, Everyone is here. Everyone's tied up. Everyone's in an electric chair. She is threatening to electrocute all of them. But first, she needs to, like, monologue. A good villain has to monologue, of course. And the monologue tells us that she started her killing spree when her parents did not give her ballerina Barbie. They gave her Malibu Barbie. Obviously, she was a ballerina. And they had to go. It's so good. And I love, like, like you said, like, um, with Joel and he had trophies. Like, she had trophies. She took pictures. She made sure, like, she took a picture of that house going up in flames. I love how the, the irony where she was like, I was beautiful. I was graceful. I was delicate. And she's saying it so harsh. She's like, of course I was a ballerina. And then she goes into, like... And the whole time, you know, she's talking about her, you know, her husband's too. Granny is understanding. She's like, I see you. You weren't getting that attention you needed. But like, where was that time for you? And at no point, Debbie, that would have been a perfect time for Debbie to be like, exactly. She gets it. How come she gets it? She gets it. 
Uh, Debbie, Debbie goes on to tell us about her two husbands, the heart surgeon that she killed and the senator <laughs> that she killed. And then she's got a picture of Fester there. Well, she killed the senator because he didn't get her a Mercedes. Yeah, yeah. It's just, like, it's, it's so too funny. funny. It's too funny. She delivers this line that I absolutely love. Don't I yearn and ache and shop? Don't I deserve <laughs> love and the jewelry? And Morticia, it cuts to Morticia. Morticia's like, yeah, she has like a little tear in her eye. She's like, yeah, you do. You do deserve all of these things. You do, you do deserve all of these things. Uh, but then she goes to uh, electrify all of them, and she electrifies herself into dust. How does that happen? Well, Pubert, while this monologuing has been happening, Pubert has gotten a knife from his mobile, He and a bowling ball has followed him. He has cut out of his um, cradle. He has gotten on the roller skate. Thank you, setup from the beginning that can be skipped on a rewatch. And baby puber is also like back to OG baby puber. He's mm-hmm. not, you know, blonde hair, blue eyes, rosy, like cherub cheeks. He's back on his shit because the family's back together. Yeah, family's back together. Shit has to get done. His goatee is on. So he rides that roller skate. Uh, you know, he's he's doing all of this stuff. He jumps up in the air. And this is where we see Amanda and her parents, which, again, is the closure because everybody thought that Wednesday actually let Amanda die. But this is where it shows that Amanda's alive. Um, and this is where we have um, the pubert gets to the room where... Debbie is and puts the wires together. So when Debbie flips the switch after she's done monologuing, it reverses. It reverses, and she is murdered in front of the entire Adams family clan. And Wednesday smiles, like what justice? Because she also like blamed her because he took. She goes to Fester and she's like, "You sent us to camp and we had to sing. Like Mm -hmm. that, you put us through some shit for this Uh, woman. It's it's good. It's." Uh, so so now, so now, sometime later, sometime yeah, later. Yeah, and that's what it says. It's like sometime later. It's that's that's what's that's, on the that's screen. That's the cue. Sometimes later, uh, it is Pubert's birthday, and we have Fester being very happy. You know, there's presents, whatever. Margaret is there with our new nanny, Dementia, who uh, Fester just immediately was like, "No, this is this is the actual love of my life." Just so perfect. So perfect. Uh, we have the toast to murder, to merriment, to manslaughter, to youth, to passion, to paradise, to pain, tonight. And then we end with Wednesday Angel in the cemetery. Uh, Wednesday's like, no, Debbie was sloppy. If I wanted to kill my husband, I would do it and I would get away with it. He's like, what do you mean? Like, don't you want to be married and have kids? She's like, no, I would pity my husband. I pity him. Like, go off Wednesday. Oh, yeah. She's like, but like, he's giving him different scenarios. He, Joel, is giving Wednesday different scenarios. Like, but what if this was the perfect scenario? He was doting. He cherished you. You were his everything and his world. What then? And she's like, that sounds pathetic yeah absolutely awful and what would you do wednesday well i'd scare him to death this is where joel 
dressed as Gomez, like goes to Debbie's grave and like put something on. He's like, you know, farewell, Debbie. And then the hand, I'm, it's thing, jumps out and like grabs Joel and he's screaming, 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 screaming. I didn't know it was thing either. But that's so funny. <laughs> like, of course, yeah. Of course, yeah. And then uh, it cuts to Wednesday. Oh, she was and ashes, smiling. of course. Yeah. Duh. And she's smiling, smiling, smiling. Uh, and that, that is the end of the movie. It is wonderful. It is fantastic. It holds up. It is lovely. It's, do you, what's your favorite part? Do you have one or are you just like, it's all of these parts encompassing? It, it's Gomez's one liners. Gomez, really? It's, it's Gomez's one liners. Acquitted. Like, <laughs> lady killer. Aren't you the lady killer? Acquitted. Like, it's he's so so earnest and so just like happy about it. I love it so much. Do you have a favorite? Um, I I think I appreciate Wednesday more now mm. than I did when I was younger. Like I always liked her. I didn't. Ha- I wasn't like one of those like oh Wednesday is weird. I knew I wanted to punch Amanda in the face when I was younger. But watching it now, it's the delivery of um of everything that Wednesday is involved with with the one liners. It's just like. It takes, I think, only so many people can deliver it the way that Christina Ricci did. Yeah, a thousand percent. I have a lot of trivia. You ready for this? Yes. Ready for this? Okay. Uh, Morticia. The way that Morticia, Angelica Houston, is filmed. She has a bar of light over her eyes, and then they expand it or contract it to help her show emotion. She's the only one that's lit like that. And now that you know that, you can't unsee it, and it is amazing. At 13 years old, Christina Ricci was asked a really disgusting question about puberty, and her, she responded by saying she was going through menopause. Like, gross. Gross, gross, but gross. But that's a very Wednesday response, too. It is. Uh, this is Raul's last film. He died October 24th in 1994. Street Fighter was released after. Um, Pubert, the name, was actually the first name pitched for Pugsley, but it was rejected, so they used Pubert here. Uh, the swimsuits that Wednesday and Pugsley wear in the life-saving scene are, like, Victorian, Edwardian-esque. And so, like, all of the Adams family is mostly Victorian, Edwardian-esque. They have very little uh, modern technology, except they do have cable. Uh, Morticia, uh, her bed in while she's giving birth is in a coffin shape. Very fun. And that scene where she's giving birth was filmed with Angelica Houston up against a wall so that her hair would sit perfectly. And of course, like, obviously that makes sense. Um, The actress that plays uh, Granny is one year younger than Angelica Houston, and they are friends. Yeah, they were friends. I saw that they've been friends since they were 19. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pubert was actually two twin girl babies. Very fun. I feel like that happened a lot in, like... You know, before computers and technology and stuff because of uh, just like your working hours as a minor. Absolutely. Uh, There is. So when when Wednesday meets Joel for the first time, if you look behind them, you can see Pugsley like attempting to hang himself. It's just very, very funny and just like very. It's very good. Uh, Caramia, Italian, Moncher, French. There's a uh, Fiddler on the Roof reference. Lurch plays it. And let's see. Eh, not important. The play took two weeks to film, which I think is just like, huh. The chore- you know, the choreography, very fun. Uh, Annie, the movie that they play in the Harmony Hut, was filmed by Angelica Houston's father. Huh, I didn't know that. Right? 
uh, the, the Chippewa, obviously there's a lot of things wrong with Camp Chippewa. Chippewa, uh, they are in the Midwest. Pocahontas was Powhatan. She was not associated with them at all. And in 1621, when Thanksgiving happened, Pocahontas would have been dead by like four years. So like, do got it all wrong. It's all on purpose. It's all on purpose. <laughs> Uh, the girl that played Amanda, obviously Harmony and Buffy, and is in the first movie as a Girl Scout. A Debbie's giant gun, just which you and I remarked on, is a Magnum Desert Eagle 50 cal. Uh, Debbie, when she has a portrait of herself being brought into the house, she's in a dream, green dress that is a nod to Princess Diana. Uh, there is a Wizard of Oz reference. There is an A Fly reference. There's a lot, a lot of references. Cher almost played Morticia. Uh, Back to the Future, What a Beautiful Name, Christopher Lloyd. You know, it all kind of ties in. Again, the test audiences thought that was they killed Amanda. They, during the drowning scene, they heated that section of the lake for her so that she wouldn't get hypothermia because it was so cold. The summer camp scenes were filled at two different summer camps, Camp Sequoia, and I cannot pronounce the other one. It starts with a T, and I won't try. There is political commentary, Angelica Houston said, yes. Um, this movie made $50 million, more or less. The critics loved it. It just didn't happen. Uh, to play Fester, Christopher uh, had to bend his knees and kind of like, like hunched down which gave him a fun like funny walk he also had to shave his head for this role he didn't mind either of it he was like totally into it the step up choreographer did the turkey dance with i think is just the funniest thing in the world and the it cousin it wig weighs 35 pounds and the scream that Joel does at the end of this movie he could not get right the director didn't like so they had to go in and adr it Oh, wow. He sounds like he had like a terrible experience at this because even the bald eagle scene, the archery scene, he said, I saw like on one of the fun facts that he was like that scene where he like slams it on the ground and walks away. That wasn't in the script. He was actually frustrated, gave up on the whole scene and stormed off. And everybody in like camera was still rolling and they just liked that that wound up being the better clip than what was actually supposed he sounded like he had a shitty time on this movie honestly he well he says that it was a great time and he, he like always remembers it it's amazing he says well, that, that, that he, like he remembered it good because the words that are coming out of his mouth say otherwise and that instance that you're referring to he says that that was his like first bit of improv <laughs> oh, it was like it was intense. See, I thought it was well, like no, unintentional. No. It improv. was unintentional, okay. but like, yeah, it's unintentional improv. Yeah, yeah because then like, he was like, because then when everybody was like, "Oh my god, that was great," that was exactly what he needed. He was, he just, was like, just like, "Oh, okay," but he didn't intend to make that improv. He was just really upset at that point. Uh, those are all my fun facts. Just, do you have any fun facts? Um, no, you sure? I think that we've kind of like kind of discussed them, and then like I threw in a couple that you covered them all. That I feel like we're pertinent, but we'll have links in our show notes too of like where we pulled some of these fun facts from. Absolutely, uh, Jess, do you like this movie? I like this movie. Do you? Will I you like really watch do. it more? Because when was the last you said you haven't watched this in like years? Like, yeah, years. yeah, years, years, years. Like not not really since like college. It's been a really long time. Um, but I will watch this movie again. It is it is so fun, and I I do think honestly it's a good movie to kind of gauge 
the people that you're with too. Um, <laughs> so sit with your families. Yes, yeah, sit, sit with your families with this. Uh, it's kind of like a litmus test to see like kind of where they fall because if they're like, oh my God, this is so weird. You could be like, mm. or if they're like, oh my God, this it's Ooh, hilarious. Like, mm, yeah. You can kind of just like see where everybody is. Uh, a yeah. good holiday movie would recommend. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Put this back. Like if you, if it's been years and you haven't seen it, put this back into the rotation for like your Thanksgiving movie or holiday movie because it is fun and you'll appreciate it so much more if you haven't seen it in a really long time too. So that being said, feel free to follow us on Instagram. We're at Akafe Podcast. We're also both on TikTok, Akafe Laura and Akafe Jessica. Thanks so much. And we hope to talk to you all soon. Bye. Bye.